Welcome to Ball vs. Life, a podcast where your hosts, JC and Jack, discuss NorCal vs. SoCal perspectives, the Bay vs. LA. Thanks for tuning in. Let's roll. All right, here we are. Ball versus life is back, and it is the NBA Finals. I am your friend Jack, and I got my buddy JC on the other mic. What's cracking, people? 2022 <laughs> NBA Finals. Let's go. I know, man. If anyone's excited, you're probably the most excited. <laughs> Who would have thought, man? Who no. would have thought? I mean, from the beginning, the the experts, quote-unquote experts, predicted and i know any any prediction before the season is obviously way premature Mm -hmm. as we as if you're a basketball head and you follow the sport for x amount of years you know a lot of stuff happens in one given season Mm -hmm. there's no guarantees but the lakers and the brooklyn nets were supposed to be in the finals and it is not the lakers and the brooklyn nets in the finals it Mm -hmm. is your team your your boys man the warriors are back baby (laughs) back in the nba finals it's been a minute, man, but it feels good to be back playing some meaningful games into the yeah. summer, man. It's crazy. Yeah, I, uh, I think Josh, you and I have a text thread uh, mm-hmm. together, and he said in the thread, oh, I miss the Hawks in the playoffs. And I was like, <laughs> yeah, at least you guys made the playoffs. <laughs> you got to enjoy some of it. But it does, it does suck to not have your team in the playoffs. But at the mm-hmm. same time, it's a long grind to get to this point. You know, you have to go through a lot, dude. It really is, man. Like, uh, you know, I feel like baseball playoffs and even NFL, you know, with the amount of games with the NFL where it's just one game every postseason. Um, and then the baseball playoffs where the games are like almost seems like it's back to back or whatever. Yeah. It The pacing is just a little bit different. The NBA playoffs mm-hmm. is just really drawn out. So, yeah, hey, man, it's been a grind. And we, we sit here now. You know, before game one, a couple of days before game mm-hmm. one. And how did we get here? Holy shit, man. I know. Well, let's let's first talk about uh, the last episode we recorded. It was at the end of the Memphis and Warriors series. So we wow. have not recorded an episode. And a lot has happened since yeah, then. Man. I mean, yeah. the fact that I'm saying the Warriors are in the finals, that means a whole series has ended. Exactly, <laughs> dude. Uh, and that's that in itself was an interesting story. Um, the Warriors beat the Mavs 4-1. So why don't you give me your impressions? And before we reflect back on how you guys got here in terms of the totality mm-hmm. of the season, let's talk about that series because yeah. that's fresh in our minds right now. So we should talk about that Mavs series. Uh, and as a hardcore fan, a diehard for many years, mm-hmm. how did that series feel to you and how did it play out? Like we talked about, we did a preview before in our last episode and mm-hmm. how it actually played out. Is it what you expected? Um, it actually was not ha- how I expected. I felt like the gentleman's sweep kind of came in uh, much more smoothly uh, compared to how the mm-hmm. Memphis series went, mm-hmm. you know, especially after the last time we recorded, you know, after the essentially a body bag series against Memphis. Yeah. For the most part, um, you know, the Warriors kind of disposed of the Mavs in a pretty straightforward fashion. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, I kind of expected it to be a little bit more tumultuous, I guess is the word that I'm mm-hmm. Thinking of given what uh what I had seen with the Memphis series, but then it just goes to tell you like every series uh is very different. Styles make fights, and you know this style just didn't really work out for the Mavs. And uh you know we're fortunate to find the Warriors have that gentleman sweep uh against uh, against the Mavs. 
you know, it's really interesting because, you know, coming into the series, the Mavs came from a big, big Game 7 win against the Suns. Yeah, and it give it gives you the impression that they're hot and like they mm-hmm. they're they're hot they're confident and that was you know a really really scary proposition um, at the start of the series. Yeah. So I don't know, man. I don't I don't remember what I was expecting, but I definitely didn't expect this quote unquote easy of mm-hmm. a, a series uh, where the Mavs didn't really kind of threaten. So what did you I, think? I, I thought before this series that the. It, it, for a compelling matchup, it would have been better for the Suns to play the Warriors. Mm-hmm, because mm-hmm. if you just look at the construction of the team, and Luka is Luka. Obviously, he blew up in many of these games. He scored 40 points in Game 3. He scored 42 points in Game 2. So, I mean, this guy was balling, all right? Mm-hmm. So, Luka was being Luka. Mm-hmm. But outside of that, what the Warriors struggle with is an inside presence. Mm-hmm. Like, they struggle against teams that have inside presence or they're insanely athletic, which is why Memphis Grizzlies gave... The Warriors some fits before Jaw went down and a bunch of other stuff happened, right? Absolutely. Um, Jaron Jackson was yeah. Jaron know, Jackson. Was, he was commanding the paint. He was mm-hmm. just patrolling the paint. He he led the league in blocks this season. So, mm-hmm. sure enough, he definitely was that presence in that series. And I just think the Mavs don't have an inside presence as a game changer. Like they have serviceable guys. Dwight Powell is serviceable. Respect mm-hmm. to that. Kleber, mm-hmm. but these are not names that you fear. Like let's just be honest. Yeah. I don't think Draymond Green is looking at Maxi Kleber and Dwight Powell and thinking, oh, dude, I'm in for it. No, yeah. no way in hell. Like, especially Draymond Green, who's the defensive player of the year mm-hmm. candidate many years and also, you know, years ago, right? Mm-hmm. So just by that alone, I was like, man, Luka's got to go nuclear every single game for them mm-hmm. to have a chance. I mean, you never want to like, you know, uh, everyone's got a puncher's chance. But the reality is in a seven-game series, outside of any injuries, of course, the best team always wins because – it's seven games, man. Like, you have to beat that team consistently. And I just couldn't see the Mavs doing it. And the truth is, it showed. <laughs> yeah, I think, um, you know, definitely there was a talent disparity. I mean, yeah. it kind of reminded me of some of the LeBron, uh, mm. LeBron-led LeBron teams with some mm. injured Cavs players playing against the Warriors where you really have this, you know, otherworldly star player essentially yeah. carrying the load and relying on in many ways, just role players to really contribute to kind of help them get over the hump. And it's really an uphill battle if the role players aren't doing what they need to do. Um, I think, you know, throughout the series, you know, players like Reggie Bullock um, were struggling, save for that one game where they were shooting lights out. Um, Dorian Finney-Smith, DFS, uh, also had one just kind of decent game. Mm -hmm. Again, these are not like, these are not big names, and you no, can't really expect that. I mean, they're not paid to mm-hmm. perform like star players, and you know, it just kind of was an uphill battle for the Mavs. I mean, right from game one, you mm-hmm. guys trounced the Mavs. Mm-hmm. Uh, I know they're coming off a of game seven, and maybe mm-hmm. uh, after that intensity, it's hard to, you know, um, match that intensity in a game one, mm-hmm. but. The Warriors just destroyed the Mavs. It was kind of sad. I was like, oh, man, is this what we're in store for? But game two, the Mavs mm-hmm. actually came out swinging, dude. Like, mm-hmm. they were hot from three. And then yeah. at that point, any fan that's watching me especially, I was like, dude, maybe the Mavs can steal a game. Holy crap, yeah. that would be insane. But the old wiry veteran team of yours, and I know you were pulling out your hair, bro, like the mm-hmm. first half. You were, like, probably losing. You're like, the, the, I, I remember the Warriors were turning the ball over at a high clip, and you're like, dude, same old story. 
You yeah, know, they have issues exactly. with turnovers yet again. All postseason. And it's going to cost us this game. But you guys yeah. pulled it together and dominated the, uh, I think, second half of the third quarter and then fourth pulled away. Yeah. Um, I definitely was frustrated just because, you know, with the postseason, like, you know, it's a game of runs, right? And if you have a chance to kind of step on their throats, uh, you really want to do that just because you don't want to give a team, especially a team that has a talent like Luca, some confidence and give them and lose home court advantage at that point if we lost that game, right? Mm -hmm. And if they were able to pull it off, that really kind of, you know, puts the momentum on their side and who knows what happens with the series. So that definitely was a turning point of the series. You know, the game one was kind of a throwaway. They were coming mm -hmm. off a game seven win on the road. They had to travel we were resting mm -hmm. a little bit, which was an advantage. Mm -hmm. You got to capitalize on that. You got to win that first game. But then with yeah. that second game, like what you said, they, you know, we took their best shot. We took their best punch and we were able yep. to respond. And, you know, it really kind of propelled us to find ourselves in the NBA finals right now. I know. Then game three, you know, taking that right away mm -hmm. uh, to be up 3-0, that's a, that's a soul crusher right there. Yeah. You, know, you for, if you're a Mass fan, you want to win that game. It's a must-win because you're not gonna come back from a 3-0 deficit against a veteran team like the Warriors. It's just not gonna happen. Exactly. Um, that's just the reality. And I know they came back game four, pride. You know they didn't want to go out <laughs> with a sweep. Respect mm -hmm. to that. They, they showed up at least uh, not to get knocked out at home. Mm -hmm. um, and I knew, dude. I know, like obviously you're cautious about any prediction, uh, especially during the series. But I knew the Warriors were gonna close it out game five. I think. I think it was. I think, like, not that the Warriors didn't try Game 4, mm -hmm. but there's always that... I think they understand the mission and Game 5 being at home. They came and they really concentrated. They they had a, a concerted effort to not have it go back to Game 6. Absolutely, because if you give that game away, then, mm -hmm. you know, they get the momentum once again. And having the experiences playing so many playoff series before championship runs before they knew how crucial that game was. And they definitely felt the urgency on game five to be able to, you know, really close it out. You know, I was really frustrated with game four. I know you talked about it briefly, mm -hmm. but like I wanted to close it out in game four, knowing how, you know, fragile a, a run could be any additional game that they could play could result on a potential injury. We already lost mm -hmm. Otto Porter I yeah. think on game game three mm -hmm. and any additional game, you can kind of, you know, lose additional players. Um, and Steph actually kind of tweaked his ankle on game five. And I was oh, just yeah. like, yeah, he did. I was like, dude, you know what I mean? Like, this is why you handle business uh, when you have a chance to do it. And I understand, you know, there's another team on the, you know, playing there. It's for mm -hmm. their season. Mm -hmm. no respectable team is just going to kind of pack it up and just, you know, not have an effort. So getting a, a clean sweep is always, always going to be difficult, especially yeah. the deeper that you get into the NBA playoffs. So, you know, it's unfortunate, but it seems like uh, the Warriors were able to kind of, you know, you know, gather themselves together, understand the level of urgency and, mm -hmm. you know, punch a ticket to the NBA finals, man. Crazy, yeah, for the crazy. Mavs and Warriors series, any unsung heroes for you on your squad? Uh, unsung heroes. You know, M Moses Moody gave us some really, really good minutes. I don't know if you mm -hmm. saw some of the spot minutes that he had. Um, and for me, uh, he was able to kind of, and again, unsung, right? Um, yeah. 
you know, because he was you picking up those auto porter minutes, right? Yeah, uh, there was auto porter minutes before he got injured. I think in mm. game two, he was definitely a key player mm. uh, in terms of kind of hitting some big shots, playing some defense, playing solid minutes, and not making any mistakes. Mm. Um, so definitely in game two, auto porter was able to kind of help us. And then later into the series, even in game five, man, Moses Moody. Mm. You know, 19-year-old rookie, Western Conference Finals, putting solid minutes in terms of just being able to, you know, plug the hole, you know, stay the course, give Clay some uh, some rest to be able to, you know, give Clay a chance to actually perform at a high level when, mm-hmm. you know, when he gets, uh, um, gets back on the court. So unsung hero, definitely Moses Moody. But nice. ultimately... You know, it wasn't game six, but game five closed out. Clay did the, mm-hmm. you know, Got did work. the deed for us. You know, Clay mm-hmm. was actually playing. He was having a bad series, man. Yeah. You know, yeah. outside of, you know, the previous series where we we saw what game six Clay did, Clay was kind of, he was kind of out of rhythm and actually missing a lot of shots. And, you know, mm-hmm. when he starts missing shots, then his defense kind of starts to suffer. Mm-hmm. He's kind of sulking. And you know what I mean? Um, but when the game is on the line, um, close out Clay, uh, you know, he performs at the highest level and he helped yeah. us punch a punch a ticket. It must mean a lot to you to see Clay, you know, performing. And I mean, I know he struggled in this series, but mm-hmm. any game six, obviously, and I've, the Warriors and warm maps didn't go to game six, but in a closeout mm-hmm. game, game five, he stepped up big. Mm-hmm. It must be really just. Yeah, it must mean a lot to you to see Clay performing the way that he is in these clutch moments where you need him the most. Absolutely, just because, dude, the past two years, the journey that uh, Clay has has been on. I mean, I mean, it's two career threatening injuries. Uh, you know, this this dude, you know, at least from a professional basketball standpoint was at rock bottom, you know what I mean? It's just like, I'm sure there were times where he actually kind of questioned whether or not he would be able to kind of play again, A, and B, play at a high level to actually get to this point. Mm -hmm. So to to see him be out there playing meaningful minutes, or or even more so, you know, contributing and actually, you know, uplifting the team to actually win... Mm-hmm. That's like priceless, dude. This is like, you know, Hollywood type uh, you know, storylines, you know what I mean? It's just like everybody loves a comeback story and yeah. Right now Clay's Clay's that guy. I think we got to give a big shout out to Andrew Wiggins actually. Mm-hmm. I think he played really well in this series. I, I just remember <laughs> certain spot games and he was he had the task of guarding Luka and I know You're obviously right. he he didn't slow down Luka in terms of he, Lucas still scored 40-30, but I think he was giving Lucas some trouble uh, given the other people that were tasked to guard Luca. Yeah. Andrew Wiggins did the best. Speaking sure. of unsung, I almost forgot about his contribute contributions, yeah. dude. That that's a totally valid and completely important point. You know, everybody was kind of shitting on Andrew Wiggins, yeah. you know, as the season was kind of wrapping up. But throughout the playoffs, he's actually been a you know, A1 solid steak sauce, bro. Like, mm-hmm. Uh, mm-hmm. and he kind of definitely was an X factor in terms of, I mean, he didn't lock Luca down per no. se, because Luca's still going to get his numbers, yeah. but he definitely made Luca work. And yeah. towards yeah. the end of the series, Luca was just kind of running on fumes. He was, yeah. Um, and, 
you know, Luca's Luca's going to do what he's going to do, but Andrew Wiggins for sure was one of the top defenders that really kind of, you know, made him work. And that's the only thing that you can hope for, um, you know, for anybody checking, you know, you know, these, you know, top players uh, playing in the game. And definitely that's how unsung he was. I almost I forgot to mention it. Yeah. I mean, he hit some pretty good shots too. I think wide open threes he would hit. Mm-hmm. Uh, and anyone who has followed Andrew Wiggins' career knows that Andrew Wiggins has come with a lot of quote-unquote baggage, right? Mm-hmm. Like his mentality, people have questions in his mentality, mm-hmm. whether he's worth the contract that he was given, being mm-hmm. a number one pick and all mm-hmm. that stuff. But I think he's found a perfect role now. Now that Clay is back, now that Poole has emerged, mm-hmm. that spotlight on Wiggins, and like you said, he is an unsung hero versus like if he was on any other team, he would be the spotlight where he would have all the pressure and he hasn't lived up to um, that number one billing. Yeah. And he doesn't need to be that number one billing, which is why it's, a perfect situation for this championship run for him to be in this. Absolutely. He's found a home where he can slot into a role that really kind of maximizes his talents, right? Mm-hmm. And he's not even like the number three option. He's the number four option from yeah. an offensive standpoint. Mm-hmm. So that really kind of, you know, enables him to kind of focus a lot of his energies on utilizing his tools uh, on defense to be able to make it tough on the the opponent's best perimeter player and you know shout out to Wiggs you know what I mean yeah. like I've been critical of him mm-hmm. you know among many people in terms of his uh you know inability to show up and he definitely is making you know people reevaluate how they view him and hopefully he can kind of keep it up man because this is the be- the biggest stage and he sure is getting paid like a max player and he's yeah. kind of performing yeah. like a 16 game player right now. Mm-hmm. So change That's those narratives. Want, Andrew. That's what you want. <laughs> he definitely is changing the narrative, man. It's, yeah. you know, there's a lot of, there's not a lot of people talking shit, um, you know, about him, these no, playoffs. Cause he really is not. just kind of doing what he needs to do, handling business. So respect. When, you ref- when we reflect on the storylines of this series series or this season, in mm-hmm. particular to the Warriors, we can really look at, Andrew Wiggins being an all-star, but now mm-hmm. also not just being an all-star. And I know he struggled towards the end of the season, sure, right? But mm-hmm. it's it's a long season, you know? Everyone goes through his ups and downs. But also being in the playoffs, really starting to show that he can be that 16-game player, at least mm-hmm. in this context of this team. Mm-hmm. This is a great storyline for Wiggins. Because that monkey has been on his back following him in mm-hmm. his career. Like that, the haters or the, the, the noise, the critics have been on Wiggins for a long time. Mm-hmm. And that's... A lot due to him, but mm-hmm. also not, right? Because he had such high expectations and he never lived up to it in Minnesota and so on and so forth afterwards. Yeah. And especially on a bad Warriors squad when Clay was hurt, like mm-hmm. high, there were high expectations and he couldn't fulfill it. But yeah. it's good, good to see him come around and the storylines not be that anymore. Who would have thought Andrew Wiggins, 16-game player? Well, he's 12 games in right now, well, so 12. let's get There's it. There's still man. four more to go. Still let's four get more it. To go. Let's get it, Andrew. Let's let's, let's let's punch our way to you know a ring, and then we can you, you can blast those narratives away. So we'll see, man. We'll see. Yeah, yeah. Uh, let's let's. Well, the series ended four-one. There wasn't mm-hmm. the, the game five. It just you know it it wasn't much to say. Clay, as you said, showed up big, and then mm-hmm. the Warriors closed out. The unsung heroes we talked about. So let's move on the, the other cro- the across the pond for now mm-hmm. to talk about who's going to match up with the Warriors mm-hmm. and what kind of series they had before 
having their finals berth as well. Yeah. It's the Celtics, but they played the Heat, bro, and they went to a Game 7, man. It was pretty epic in terms of having another Game 7. But I will say the series itself was very lopsided, man. There was a mm-hmm. lot of blowouts of, of certain games. Um, yeah. But they did get to a Game 7, and that Game 7, I don't know if you watched or at least watched the ending, it did get pretty exciting at the oh, end. Oh, I definitely watched yeah. the, the, the ending, dude. I definitely watched that, especially since uh, the Warriors had already clinched, and mm-hmm. I really definitely wanted to do a little bit of scouting in terms of who the the next matchup w- would be. And um, yeah, dude, like what a barn burner, man. Yeah, that definitely was like intense. I felt like Boston definitely had the advantage in terms of health in general. Like I know they had they are working through a couple of injuries on their mm-hmm. end, but the Heat looked like they were just you know. They were they were on uh, on crutches. It felt it, it felt like throughout the whole series, and to extend it all the way to Game Seven and still have a shot. You know what? Like two minutes left in the game. Yeah. Kudos to the Heat in terms of being able to stay competitive. Yeah, I, I, when I was thinking back on the the totality of the of this series, um, the Celtics they had a prime opportunity to win. Uh, close out the series at home mm-hmm. and they 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 blew that they mm-hmm. blew that at home and i think jimmy buckets went nuclear mm-hmm. and then thinking about game seven i was like man this young team i don't think the game seven is a lot of pressure not being on your home court and i thought man miami has a good shot uh, mm-hmm. I, and let's talk about a little bit about the drama actually mm-hmm. leading up to that uh, mm-hmm. i do want to mention this that uh udonis haslam called out dre <laughs> because dre was on tnt and then mm-hmm. he was coerced pressed for a prediction or, or for uh, to say who he thought would match up with him in the, mm-hmm. the Warriors in the next series. And he did say the Celtics. Mm-hmm. And then the, then all this stuff came about, you know, now it's nothing, obviously. Mm-hmm. But all this stuff came about in that short amount of period of time talking about bro, Draymond breaking the code. Um, so I wanted <laughs> to get your thoughts on that, actually. Mm-hmm. So just to kind of uh, add, add additional context, it was on the post-game show after the Warriors had clinched their 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 finals berth right and draymond being a part of the tnt crew at this point definitely mm-hmm. celebrated or joined you know inside the nba after and um you know one of the questions was uh, asked by shaq on who he thought he, they would play in the finals this is important in terms of the the, the wording right mm-hmm. and then draymond uh prior to at least the the whole series getting wrapped up had been kind of bashful, but I guess he was kind of caught up in the moment uh, <laughs> when he was getting asked that. And then he just said that um, it's not that who he wanted to match up with, but mm-hmm. who he thought they would end up playing with, um, mm-hmm. uh, playing against. And then he said that they would m- uh, match up with the Celtics. Mm-hmm. And mind you, before that, that was pre pre game six for the Eastern Conference Finals, uh, Boston was riding the momentum. Um, they were playing at home, and the Heat, you know, were in crutches. So I think yeah. he was just trying to objectively just kind yeah. of, you know, give his thoughts in terms of who it was. Obviously, it's going to be a little bit more sensitive if you are on the <laughs> opposing team. Yeah, I much have would have preferred him to just not have said anything and says mm-hmm. it doesn't matter. You know, it may be cliche to answer that as a player, but in many ways, you just don't want to give any bulletin board material. But Draymond's different, right? Yeah. He definitely is different, and he spoke he spoke his uh, he spoke his piece, man. Yeah. But in all honesty, 
everybody else around, you know, the media and the league and even fans worth probably thinking the same thing. Yeah, and, hell yeah. Um, I guess the Heat didn't take kindly to that. <laughs> Udonis Haslam, OG, um, definitely used it as motivation. But who knows? Maybe it was light years ahead of Draymond to think, hey, mm-hmm. let these guys, you know, knock each other out again for another game. Mm-hmm. And then, you know, that might make it a little bit easier for, for us in the finals. Uh, needless to say, motivated the, the Heat. Because I saw that game six yeah. and Jimmy Buckets yeah. on one leg, you know, with a busted ass knee, mm-hmm. scored almost 50. That was like a LeBron-esque performance, man. That was crazy. Yeah, you're right. It's just funny to see that as a headline and see that as a drama playing out. And I, I didn't think any of it, anything of it, to be mm-hmm. honest. I did watch TNT after that. Maybe that's the whole point. Maybe the whole point was to talk about it so everyone would watch TNT or mm-hmm. watch the, the news coverage afterwards. Because mm-hmm. honestly, who cares? Like, even if you're a heat, who cares if Draymond predicts whatever? You're going you're gonna to play to win either way. Exactly. <laughs> who, exactly. who cares if he predicts? Like... Breaking the code, whatever, man. If you need motivation this late in the game, yeah. this late in the season, then you shouldn't really be playing there because you, you know, you don't need any external motivation to move up to the next round, man. You just got to play it. You, you play to win, at, especially at that point. But I just hey. think this whole breaking the code thing has mm-hmm. gone away a little bit. There yeah. is definitely some codes that you don't want broken. I'm mm-hmm. sure that's. Whatever happens in the locker room stays in the locker room. But some of this stuff, I mean, now players are more than ever now. Dre mm-hmm. is one of the forefront people of this. Mm-hmm. But CJ, uh, Pat Bev has been on oh, yeah. media rounds a lot. Yeah. I mean, countless players, not just these guys that I mentioned. Mm-hmm. Like, they're breaking down games, which mm-hmm. is great insight as as fans like you and I. Mm-hmm. Like, yeah. I want to hear from current players right now. Yeah, I mean, because you... Not only is it that they're they're currently playing, they can actually speak to the games that are being played, and they have an incredible insight of uh, how it is to match up with other players right now, mm-hmm. in, instead of Shaq and Charles going on about like, oh yeah, back in yeah. my day. Yeah, exactly. You get that insight right now. Like Dre was freaking covering things right after a game is being played. Yeah, <laughs> that's insane, dude. That I, insane. I actually heard. Um, I think Colin uh, Coward. Yeah, yeah, he was talking about Draymond, and I, th- I don't, I don't know if they're signed to the same agency or they whatever. Are, but either yeah, the volume, yeah, yeah. But he was saying how much work ethic it takes for Draymond to do that. Like, yeah, because being a broadcaster, being being in that world, like it takes a lot to jump on a mic, record an episode, and mm. I'm sure he has a team that handles you know the packaging a bit. Yeah, exactly. But still, though, like he still has to like be pretty disciplined to do that right afterwards, like a De- dedicated to your craft. Definitely. I mean, this dude was you know recording after games like literally after games <laughs> yeah. you know what i mean he kind of toned it down though as the series yeah. kind of went yeah. on especially when he played bad he actually kind of you know <laughs> he's like i gotta and... concentrate man <laughs> exactly 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 so i don't know it's a tough act to follow it's unprecedented no one really has done this before so he definitely is you know breaking the mold in terms of doing that but hey man it's it's a very thin line, man. It and, is, you know, I it got is. it got me concerned because yeah. you know what I mean. I it's just like you you want your players focused, hyper focused in terms of this, mm-hmm. but you know what? Like Steve Kerr, <laughs> um, he said this right. Like you know, mm-hmm. um, anything to get the players to feel comfortable and and, and confident. You know, he'll kind of give them a little bit of rope. He's he's mm-hmm. a veteran at this point, and he understands the stakes in the game. So I do want to remind people that. Uh, when you're talking about these players and they need to feel comfortable, 
let's not forget Last Dance. Uh, Phil Jackson yeah. gave Dennis Rodman a lot of rope because he knew he needed it. Like, as much as you want your, your team discipline, you also need to know their personalities and what they need to do on their off time to actually feel relaxed for the game. So as a, as a fan, like, we don't have the pulse on that, right? Like, yeah. the coach has a pulse on that. The team has a pulse on that. They understand each other more than we do. So yeah. if they need to record a podcast episode and that helps them um, relax on their yeah. off time so they can focus on the game, then maybe that's just what he needs in his process. So it's, it's just hard to say from the outside, you know, yeah. like what each player needs. And with, who, who knows? Maybe people are freaking going to clubs later tonight. They need that. Like freaking MJ went gambling, bro. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Right. This is like it's a different time now with social media. It is a different time. Yeah. You, you know can't get mean? away it's with like, that. Who stuff knows anymore. what the, these yeah. players were doing back in the day? Like, didn't I send you a link or, or a video mm-hmm. earlier today with Steph Curry coming <laughs> out of like what looked like a Walmart or whatever, <laughs> holding golf clubs? A lot like, of golf clubs, bro. <laughs> <laughs> it, it's just like you, you, you can't get away at this point. You know what I mean? Yeah, you can't, dude. You can't. People were big cracking brother, up. Big brother, man. The, the, the eye in the sky is watching yeah. you. Kudos to Steph, though. You know what yeah. I mean? He's just yeah. like, he did no entourage, no nothing. He even have a no, golf bro. bag. This uh. dude was just straight up holding golf clubs coming out of a store like, you know, <laughs> some random dude. <laughs> it, was just kinda, <laughs> it was just like, no no nothing. You know what I mean? Like, I don't even know. That's, that's crazy, man. You know, I heard yeah. Andrew Wiggins was actually um, like at a Target right by my house here. Like, what? he was just shopping at Target Ceremonti, like, wow. you know, before the postseason. Like, fans were just showing him. I think he was, like, buying diapers or whatever. <laughs> I swear to God, dude, this is what people had said. <laughs> and it's that's hilarious, like, man. Andrew Wiggins shops at Target in my backyard. That's, like, that's <laughs> so crazy, man. Uh, well, I'm I'm glad Andrew Wiggins still keeps it real. Even though he's a millionaire, he still does his own shopping hey, and shops at Target. <laughs> hey, man. Same as Steph Curry, man. You got to love this team, man. Definitely. Yeah. You got to love this team. Yeah, let's 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 go back to the Celtics since mm-hmm. they are the matchup for the Warriors now. Mm-hmm. So they dismantled the Heat, and it was a tough, grinded out series. So I yeah. I know as a fan on the other side, you're happy that they went to Game Seven and they mm-hmm. beat each other up. They they really did, bro. They yeah. beat each other up pretty good. I mean, the Heat more so because the Heat are older, yeah. and you could tell they were limping, man. They were limping at the yeah. end. Tyler uh, Hero who, oh, suited yeah. up, but he didn't actually uh-huh. end up. Pl- you know, playing significant minutes. I think he was just trying to see mm-hmm. how it would work out. Kyle Lowry was just falling all over the floor. Jimmy yeah. was, you, you remember that meme where he's kind of keeled over against the yeah. Lakers in the finals. He was yeah. at the same level uh, in terms of fatigue as well. And man, they were I don't just, know if you know this, but he played every single minute of that game seven. That's every crazy. single minute, dude. That's pretty nuts, man. That's crazy. That is crazy, man. <laughs> that is definitely crazy. Um, but yeah, the Celtics, despite that, right? The, despite mm-hmm. that, the Celtics still kind of gave the Heat a chance, right? They you know, did. Like what, 90 seconds end, left, right? Yeah. Like Jimmy had a chance. They were down two, right? And he got a board. He was running on the floor. He got Al Horford on skates, yeah. right? And he pulls up from three. Really controversial Ooh. shot. He, yes. he misses it. Boston gets a possession. That's and then they ice it out. Yeah. What did you think about that play? All right, I'll give you my insight. When I was watching it live, mm-hmm. uh, I was actually at a friend's birthday party, so we were all like gathered around the TV. Mm-hmm. We were like, we were excited because it, we thought we, we counted Miami out. I think they were down mm-hmm. eleven with like two minutes or two and a half minutes to play. Yeah. But then they came roaring back, and then when Jimmy got the ball, we we're like, oh my god, is this like a Jimmy buckets moment right now? Because Jimmy's pretty clutch. Um, 
he's definitely kind of Kobe-esque in that mm-hmm. in that way. And having seen him take the Lakers in a one-man show yeah. uh, the, the two years before, I'm yeah. like, dude, Jimmy can pull this off. And when he pulled up for three, I was like, no, Jimmy, yeah. don't do that. He's not a three-point shooter. Exactly. And I was like, dude, you had Al Horford on skates. You probably would have drawn a foul. And I know Al Horford is a wiry veteran, and mm-hmm. he's he's a guy that you guys wouldn't have to deal with in your series because yeah. you know he, he's been around the block. He knows how to play ball. Mm-hmm. Uh, he, he's a defensive anchor, and he can mm-hmm. also spread the floor. So, But either way, I was like, Jimmy, you could probably draw a foul. You got this big guy on skates. You could probably take to the rim and – He's a clutch free throw shooter. And yeah. I was like, no. And it wasn't really that close. I don't think the shot was that close. Yeah, it wasn't that no. close. The thing is, like, to me, well, I thought it was a bad shot. Yeah. I thought, when he when he shot it, I was just like, what the hell are you doing? You yeah. were down by two. You didn't need the three. Nope. Now, I know you don't want to play the foul game and all of that stuff. But, like, mm-hmm. it, it's not like game two. You know what I mean? It's game yeah. seven. You don't have legs. You need to understand the situation. And who knows? You might even get an end one and still get that three-point exactly, bucket. Exactly, dude. Yeah. Right? Like, the, from a percentage standpoint, it just really wasn't the best play. And, yeah. I mean, who knows? Like, obviously, you know, we play basketball. Definitely not to that level. But it's just that maybe if you're tired and you don't have legs anymore, you kind of just look for the shot that kind of... The path of least resistance in many ways. Yeah. Like, I'm sure he has the utmost confidence in it. He had, you know, he had been carrying that team yeah. to that point. So mm-hmm. if anybody uh, on that squad, you know, has the the right to really kind of make or take that shot, it, it mm-hmm. would be Jimmy. But it just, I don't know. Even the clock, dude. There was so much time on the clock. Yeah. Like, it was just, I don't know, man. It was, uh, it was definitely, uh, uh, you know terrible shot selection in my end and yeah they always say this in you know basketball circles or just as a fan usually when you're the home team you Mm -hmm. don't go for the win right because you're Mm -hmm. like well we're at home so we have the home crowd still Uh, when you're the away team you usually try to go for the win because you want to end the game Mm -hmm. um versus go to ot ot and then fight off the the home team and that's why i was like oh man jimmy you know like you guys have a roaring comeback if you can Maybe get an and one even or, or get to the free throw line. You would have the fans on your side and who knows what will happen. But yeah, like that three was a low percentage, I think, for Jimmy. He, he's if you look at the stats throughout the season, even even take it out of like he was he was carrying the team this game. His three point percentage is pretty, pretty bad, dude. Mm-hmm. Pretty bad for a superstar or, or all star caliber player. Yeah. So, yeah, it's not, it, it was rough it's not to his see game. That, you know it's not mean? it's not his game. The, yeah. You know, if you watch the series, they literally left Jimmy open. Mm-hmm. And at the three because they wanted him to shoot that shot. Exactly. So he almost did what the Boston Celtics wanted him to do, which is usually playing into their game plan. I know yeah. it, was, it could have gone in, of course, right? He always has a chance, but you play the percentages when you're the other team. And you're like, well, we live with that if we, if we know that's what we want. You know, lost within this uh, discussion is a couple of things. Mm-hmm. Uh, the game, the score might have been different if they had not waved oh. off that struce three-pointer right right? controversial you know the replay kind of showed that it was kind of suspect but the thing is it's just like for them to be able to like it's one thing if they kind of call it off on the spot but the fact that they reviewed it and it was still kind of questionable right it kind of makes you wonder like why they would make that call because they did it post haste the bucket was already good right and for them to be able to go back and not have a hundred percent clear evidence like again again it's borderline but like if you're gonna review it like 
you need to have like indisputable evidence exactly. and to overturn it right yeah to exactly exactly it. right so for them to kind of pull that off it kind of makes you wonder and mm. second point i was going to say is like mm. We wouldn't even be talking about this if the Boston Celtics never really kind of squandered the lead that they had. You mentioned You're this. Right. They were up hot. They were what, yeah. up double digits with, what, yep. four minutes left or something like that? Yep. Everybody thought it was game over. I but did. they kind of took yeah. the yeah, they took their foot off the gas pedal. Mm-hmm. And that kind of makes you think, mm-hmm. you know, like, mm-hmm. sure, that'll work against the Heat. But yep. will that have worked against the Bucks if Chris Middleton was playing? Mm-hmm. Would that have mm-hmm. worked? With a, a better team than the you know the bipolar, uh, Brooklyn Nets, yeah. will that type of mentality work when they play the Warriors? This I is know. why it makes it so compelling. Yeah, and you gotta look at the Celtics run, and it's been impressive. Okay, sure, right? They they mm-hmm. been they beat the Heat, which were in the finals, uh, two years ago, right? Mm-hmm. Um, they also beat the Bucks, the, mm-hmm. the former champs, mm-hmm. but without Middleton. But you have to look also the Heat. Beat the uh, or the Celtics beat the Heat without Hero, mm-hmm. um, that who was a big part of their team. And I get it; it's a war of attrition. You, you got to mm-hmm. play the people in front of you, and if they mm-hmm. get hurt, they get hurt. But you know, th- sometimes you need the luck of the draw a little bit to get through these series. And they did get uh, some injury god luck with Hero going down and Lowry honestly being a shell of himself. Mm-hmm. Um, so even so, even with these things, they're pushed to Game Seven and they squandered a lead. So. Let's let's transition to talk about the Celtics and Warriors now. Yeah. Know, since since we wrapped up, um, yeah. What what are your thoughts, bro? Let's just generally. What are your thoughts? My thoughts were, when the Heat were close uh, to making a comeback, I was like, "Let's go Heat," because I I saw how you know yeah. battered they were, <laughs> and that might be uh uh you know, an easier path to getting a ring. Yeah. But that didn't happen, and now we face the Celtics and. Mm. I'm concerned, man, just because, you know, the Celtics have, you know, they have length, they have athleticism, they have perimeter players, and then they have Jason Tatum, who is essentially cementing his way into superstardom in this NBA playoff run, right? And, you know, they're a very, very, very scary team to match up against just because, um, you know... They have a top-flight defense, and they have a superstar that is hungry and ready yeah. to go. And, you know, I'm kind of worried, man. I really am kind of worried um, in terms of uh, how formidable of an opponent they would be. But it wouldn't be the NBA Finals if it were going to be easy, right? So, Yeah. Um, and, and you were saying all along, man, like the NBA, the world wants Celtics versus the Warriors. I mean, these are... It's the marquee matchup legacy franchise with the Celtics, obviously. Mm-hmm. They have, uh, I think, like 17 world championships or whatever. Um, I think one, one, I think the Lakers and the Celtics are tied right now. So if mm-hmm. they win this, then they will have uh, more championships. The Lakers, which mm-hmm. I think that's why the Lakers, Laker fans, obviously, forever don't like Boston. You know, mm-hmm. fuck Boston is a slogan amongst Laker fans. Mm-hmm. Um, so. It's an interesting finals, bro. It's an interesting finals. I actually wanted the Celtics to to match up with the Warriors just because mm-hmm. it, I think it'll be more compelling of a matchup. Mm-hmm. Um, just from a fan perspective, I don't want the Celtics to win. <laughs> mm-hmm. um, just mm-hmm. because I don't want them to overtake the Lakers. Mm-hmm. Uh, but other, other than that, 
I think the Celtics are a dynamic matchup that's going to give the Warriors some fits because some of their issues, the Warriors, is turnovers, and the Celtics have a good defense. Definitely. Um, I think the Celtics also have problems with turnovers because they have young players. Mm-hmm. But it's a tale of two, two uh, cities, bro. Um, you got this young upstart team that's finally reached the finals, and they've been through some battles in the playoffs to get to this point. But you have a team that has been in six of the last eight finals back again. So they have all the experience, bro. All the experience. Mm-hmm. So it's like, can this jumpstart team win their first championship or will the old Wiley veterans hold on to their reign for another year? Like, I love that storyline. Mm-hmm. Um, I think I saw this thing on Twitter that said like, uh, the, the average age of the Celtics and Warriors top two playoff scores, which is Tatum and Brown versus, uh, clay and, uh, Steph, the average difference that separates them is eight years. Mm-hmm. <laughs> That's a lot of years, man, <laughs> especially in sports, in sports years. <laughs> You know, what's interesting is I agree with the the high-level storylines of both of these. It definitely is the high, uh, you know, the, you know, sort of high-level point of view in terms of what the series is. is. But mm-hmm. if you kind of take a closer look, mm-hmm. um, the Celtics aren't as upstart as you may think they are. Uh-huh. Yes, they are relatively young, especially compared to the Warriors. Yeah. But if you kind of take a step back and think about how many playoff series is, have you seen the Celtics play in for these past four or five years they actually have been kind of in the mix for a bunch of them they haven't yep. been able to kind of punch their way in and i you know i should you know should have had to see uh, should have had the um to see how far they they went the past couple of seasons mm-hmm. but they actually sneaky have a lot of playoff experience as young as jason tatum and jalen brown have been uh, are they have been playing in these playoff series for at least the past four years easily and getting past like the first round. So it's not like they're Memphis, right? No, that no. don't have a lot of playoff experience. Memphis just kind of had experience starting last year. Um, and then they only got past the second round like this year, right? Or first round this year. They actually get past the second round. So, you know, sneakily, they do have some playoff games experience. Definitely not close to what the Warriors have. No. On the flip side, if you look at the Warriors, yes, Steph, Clay, Dre, Andre put Looney in there to have a ton of experience. As you said, what, six finals appearances in the past eight years. That'll rack up some numbers. Mm-hmm. But if you think of, about the players past that, right, not a lot of experience. Andrew Wiggins definitely hasn't had a you know a deep playoff run. No. Otto Porter, unfortunately... He hasn't really had that much playoff run. Bielitsa, GP, the rookies are 19 years old. So it's kind of like a, sort of like a, you know, like the the weight of all the experience kind of um, goes through only to the vets. But the rest of the team, they don't really have that much experience. So if you take a closer look, you know, at least for the non-key players, it's actually not that not that simple. With that said, that still makes this matchup so compelling, knowing that, you know, with additional, uh, a deeper look into the, the matchups, you know, like, it actually is kind of, it, it, it's it's not OGs versus Young Bucks, like, you know what I mean? It's a mixture of, like, guys who have played in the Olympics, guys that know each other, guys who have been battle-tested with, you know, OGs that, you know, are leading the pups who haven't really been through this journey before. So, mm. you know, I guess what I'm trying to say is it's not like any other NBA Finals matchup that I've seen where the Warriors mm. have played the Cavs. 
or or yeah, the Raptors, yeah. right? Like it's just not the same. Mm-hmm. And I'm, you know, cautiously optimistic that um, you know, experience will kind of trump here, but I'm not I'm I'm not seeing this Warrior team the same way that I saw the previous Warrior Warrior teams, right? Where it was the super team with KD or even the 2015 team where, you know, they were just kind of young bucks just trying to, you know, you know, uh, establish themselves. So I don't know, man. It's like a new story, and that's what makes it so compelling. I guess that's what I'm trying to say. Yeah, I was I was thinking about just the series and what the advantages and disadvantages would be for each team. Mm-hmm. And if we want to focus on the Celtics, their advantages would be uh, their athleticism. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think the Warriors might struggle with some of the athleticism, especially you got Jalen Brown, Tatum, uh, T- uh, Jason Tatum, mm-hmm. um, and and the the thing I I think outside of that. I think the Warriors usually struggle against a dominant point guard that's very athletic, which is why I think they struggle against Ja, mm-hmm. because there was no one to check him. Mm-hmm. Um, versus Luca, like GP, could, GP, GP was there, but he true. broke his. <laughs> true that, true that, and, and we'll talk about this before we end the episode about the mm-hmm. health of the team. Mm-hmm. But yeah, GP would normally fill that role, but I, I think GP would have slowed uh, Ja down similarly to how Wiggins would have slowed Luka yeah, exactly. down which is exactly. he would have put up numbers but yeah, you would exactly. see him work for those baskets a little exactly. bit more right exactly uh, exactly. Let, let's be honest you know GP's yeah. great defensively but he's not stopping Ja in exactly. terms of his numbers yeah. um, maybe you maybe when you look at the raw numbers shooting percentage being down a little bit more would help in the long run of things of the series but I think the Celtics not having a dominant point guard, um, that will work in the Warriors' favor because mm. they don't got a guy that in there is is necessarily controlling pace as much. Uh, mm. I think Luka kind of ch- controlled pace, but he slowed it down versus Jaw sped things up. Um, so it'll be interesting to see how that plays out. I think size will be an issue. Robert mm. Williams is a, a beast inside. If he's fully healthy, he yeah. will be a game changer um, inside. And and that will be a difficult struggle for the Warriors because the last series, I don't think they really had to worry about shot blocking as much. Yeah. Um, I know Kleber and Powell sometimes can get up and get weak side blocks, blocks but they're not you know, the time lord, Robert Williams, yeah. um, to, at all. Yeah. The Celtics used to have that point guard Kyrie, but yeah, I don't know where he yeah. went. <laughs> <laughs> hey, apparently he, he he promised he would stay, and then he bounced. <laughs> the Warriors had length to match Jason Tatum and mm. uh, and Jalen Brown with KD, but wonder where he went. Mm. <laughs> they're That's playing to, they're playing together in Cancun right now. I know, right? <laughs> uh, no, but yeah, I totally agree with your points. Definitely, I think um, you know the athleticism of their wi- their wing players is definitely going to be a tough tough uh matchup for the warriors um you know jalen brown you know i would argue would be what top you know five percent of athletes in the nba he's up there man Mm -hmm. Uh, jason tatum may not be up there but in terms of just like killer mindset mamba mentality he wore that purple sleeve the arm sleeve man he can definitely channel the 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 kobe kind of mindset and that makes him as deadly as any other player in the mm-hmm. nba right now so that definitely is a scary proposition and i don't know how we're going to check them you know what i mean yeah. we really don't know we're going to need all hands on deck gp andre iguodala clay mm-hmm. andrew wiggins to contain both of these guys um contain we're not going to stop there we're just contain mm-hmm. them make them make them work hard um and you have a good point in terms of uh, the Time Lord, uh, because and he's kind of a little gimpy right now. Yes. Um, 
he kind of was almost a non-factor in game yeah. seven. So we'll see how the time. I, I think he was really struggling with that knee. I was watching him and he, he was just, yeah, his mobility was off. You could tell. Definitely. Yeah. And it's just that he, I mean, he's their, he's their GP, right? He's he their, is. you know, he's, he's their defensive kind of like, you know, presence over there. Like he's, he's the, the defensive anchor in many ways. Right. And if he's healthy, it's going to be mm-hmm. a tough you know, it's tough road for the Warriors just because, you know, Jordan pulls slices and dices, you know, teams um, that don't have that 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 defensive presence in the middle. Right. And if 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 he's thinking about Robert Williams, it's going to be a tough time. And that kind of limits, uh, you know, our, our deadly attack where we can do inside outside kind mm-hmm. of a of a game so we'll see how you know how injuries kind of play a role in terms of the defensive setup with that said boston mm-hmm. still has the defensive player of the year with marcus yep. smart you know yep. what i mean and i know that rubbed draymond the wrong way draymond didn't mm-hmm. play enough games but mm-hmm. you know marcus smart could make it difficult for steph yeah, yeah. and Definitely. or clay Right, Steph. I think he's going to be the one that's checking Steph. Right, I he so he too. actually knocked Steph out of the season. He dude. did. He did. He 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 slid in, into him. Right. Exactly. Or dived into him. Dived exactly. Into him. Yeah. Well, he was diving for a loose ball. Yeah. And then it, it, it kind of caught Steph's foot. Um, so it's it's gonna be it's gonna be a, a challenge, man. Boston it's, is. The it's real gonna deal. be a really good series. Mm-hmm. I mean, Boston also has some good bench players in Grant Williams. I think he showed up big in, in the Bucks series, hit a lot of threes. They got like a good backup point guard in Derek White. Um, and Peyton Pritchard, I guess. Um, uh, you got to have a white guy on a Boston Celtics team, right? <laughs> yeah, exactly, right? He's uh, channeling that old school Bob Cousy yeah. kind of. And Pritchard can, he he's buckets, man. He's buckets. Yeah, he, he is buckets, actually. He can be a spark off the bench and, and be kind of like we talk about, unsung hero in, in some spot minutes in, in any series. And every series changes, though. You know, like, your unsung heroes really changes from series to series because you said styles make fights, and you don't really know what the style is, and you try to impose your will on the other team, and it it starts to change throughout the series, and you see the coaches make adjustments. And that's the exciting part to see how game one's going to be. Like, who's going to throw the first punch? um, What style is going to dominate the first game and how that's going to play out through the series? And I'm excited, bro. I, I can't wait. But the first game on yeah. Thursday, we're recording on a Tuesday night right now. Funny you mentioned this, and I know we're wrapping up, but mm-hmm. um, someone was compa- uh, doing an analogy in terms of how this matchup will look like. Um, and styles do make fights. But the analogy that I heard in terms of um, what an analyst was saying was, the Celtics have been playing heavyweight boxing, uh, you know, Throughout their journey through the playoffs, they're playing Giannis, they're playing Jimmy Buckets, where it's just kind of like, you know, tough swinging for go for the knockout type of uh, boxing matches to get to this point. Um, Kudos to them. They've knocked out all their opponents to get to this point. But now, all of a sudden, they're going to have to switch up the style of the opponent. So it's Mm -hmm. like you're fighting against Mike Tyson all the way Mm -hmm. to getting to the championship fight right and it's Muhammad Ali yeah Muhammad Ali or whatever yeah Muhammad Ali or Floyd Mayweather right oh yeah all of a sudden defensive genius yeah you know you kind of have to start a bob and weave and you gotta you know it's more like you know more calculated you know so I think that's gonna be the narrative Mm. coming into this this series it's just like 
You know, the Celtics have shown that they can win those heavyweight kind of mm-hmm. knockout type of fights. Can they switch up their style uh, to to match up with the Warriors, who kind of has that Floyd Mayweather style where they're, you know, kind of bobbing and weaving a little bit of a defense. You kind of be a little bit more strategic and you can't flail around trying to just kind of hit and knock them out because he's, you know, they're too methodical. They're too sharp. They're surgical. You know what I mean? And. You know, if you try to play that heavyweight style against a Floyd Mayweather type of uh, a fighter, you're going to win yourself out and then you're going to get, you know, you're going to lose in the long in the long run. And that's what I'm hoping will happen Mm -hmm. uh, as a Warrior fan. Um, But the Celtics have that knockout punch potential, man. If they catch the Warriors, Mm -hmm. you know, uh, with that one punch might be lights out. So. Yeah. Get your popcorn ready, bro. I know. I definitely got my popcorn ready. I think it's going to be, it's definitely going to be a hot and contested series. I don't think it'll be like the map series. I think it'll be very physical. Mm-hmm. Uh, and it'll be a grinded out. Some, some of these games will be grinded out uh, games where it'll, be, it'll hang by a thread. You know, these plays, these d- defensive plays need to be made. Um, and I, wa- I do want you to update what the Warriors' health is going into this final series um, as we end this podcast episode. Yeah. And don't ask me for a prediction, although I am going to ask you for a prediction. Okay, because ask me, but I will, I will give my prediction. Because <laughs> uh, you know how uh, super mm-hmm. superstitious I am. With that said, uh, health-wise, coming into the series, uh, Otto Porter Jr., who had been out, Andre Iguodala, who had been out, and GP2, who had been out, all practiced uh, as of today, which is, what, Tuesday? And game mm-hmm. game one is on Thursday. So... They're practicing, but I think uh, mm-hmm. the Warriors are kind of keeping it close to Vess in terms of their availability to have a little bit of gamesmanship. Mm-hmm. Um, I expect Otto to play. I expect GP, you know, to mm-hmm. play. Um, I don't expect Andre to garner some minutes. Andre might be in uniform, but I don't know if he's going to be playing effective mm-hmm. mu- minutes, man. they've been. It's been too weird in terms of the updates yeah. with him. I don't know if he's right, you know what I mean? But... That's what's up, man. I think these guys will be key contributors because I feel like the 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 stars will come up. I think you know we need a couple of good games from Clay to be able to pull this off. You know, mm-hmm. I expect Clay to throw up some duds, mm-hmm. and in those games where Clay is throwing up some duds, um, the bench is gonna be key. And you know, a nice out auto porter game or a nice. Uh, you know, a nice uh, Jonathan Kaminga game might be might be in in, in tow. Mm. So we'll see what happens, man. Mm. Okay, so let's end this episode with my prediction. All right. Yes. What do you think? Um, I thought about this a lot, bro. I thought about this a lot. I, I grappled with it. Um, I think the Celtics have a team that can really push the Warriors. Mm-hmm. I think if it wasn't for home court advantage, I would have gone with the Celtics. Mm-hmm. But because I've been watching the Warriors through the, these playoff series and also been watching the Celtics, mm-hmm. I think the Warriors are really good at home. And in any crucial game, and it's in those crucial games, they'll probably be at home. They're gonna that that will help them, mm-hmm. and I think that will put them over the top. And I and I predict the Warriors to win in seven. Um, I just feel that I've seen the Celtics melt in certain situations. Mm-hmm. And they pulled it off. They put, you know, credit where credit is due. They're here, right? Mm-hmm. But I've seen, like, they should have won at home in game six. Mm-hmm. And they came up short. They almost blew an 11-point lead with, whatever, freaking three, four minutes left, which is 
horrible mm. in a in a closeout situation. You know, mm. I get it. The other team is at home and they're going to push to not get closed out. But still, I mean, that's that's a pretty damn good lead in a game seven. You want to hold on to that and yep. let alone have the other team have a shot to beat you in a three. That's pretty bad. Um, so with that said, I, I predict the Warriors to win in seven. I think um, it'll be interesting to see if the Celtics can steal a game. Mm. I think that like will be big if they can steal a game. Mm-hmm. Um, but if not, I, I, I foresee this going, you know, the distance. Six, six maybe if they can't steal a game, but I call it seven if they can steal a game. Mm. Because I don't think they can hold home court. Like, and, I, I think if they stole a game, the Warriors will be able to win one yeah. at Boston, and then it will go down to seven. Interesting. Interesting. Yeah. I mean, I'm not going to disagree with you. I have my thoughts internally. And it's I'm busting at the seams to be able to kind of express it, but I don't want to, I don't want to say it just because. But let's just say this: um, we'll we'll definitely record mid series. All right, let's all right. let's do that. Let's not record and then have the winner <laughs> announced. Um, uh, we'll do e- that. We'll do that for sure. Either I'm gonna be a confident fan, or mm-hmm. I'm gonna be I'm gonna be a wreck, dude. So we shall see. But uh, I think there will be games that you're gonna be a wreck. Absolutely, I'm expecting yeah. that already, and yeah. you know. It wouldn't be the NBA Finals if uh if if it weren't the case, man. I'm sure you know it's it's not supposed to be easy. So, nope. and you, you definitely remind way, me of that. <laughs> you don't fight all this way to here and lay lay down. That's for sure. With any any team in the finals, you don't just lay down. Um, yeah. I'm just crossing my fingers for health, man. Yes. And um, yeah. I think I I think at this point I just want you know I want a healthy series and mm-hmm. we'll live with the results. So we'll see. Definitely right. be watching, and it's one of the more compelling ones. Definitely, man. Uh, Definitely. Than I can remember. Definitely. Mm-hmm. I'm more hyped about this finals matchup than I was with the the Raptors finals series. Oh, yeah. There's just yeah. there's just something about mm-hmm. you know the history of Boston and then the dynasty, quote unquote, of the Warriors. And yeah. you know, the world Definitely will be watching. Definitely more lore to this matchup. So uh, we'll end the episode on that. You know, you can follow us on our socials that will be below. Uh, We plan to record at some point mid-series. We won't wait till the end to update you guys that listen to this podcast, which we are very thankful for. Uh, So, JC, as you always say, get your popcorn ready, right? Popcorn is in the microwave. Let's go. All right. Peace. Peace.